Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Leafs and Locked On Kings crossover show here with myself, Mike DiStefano, alongside Sarah Avampato from Locked On Kings. How's it going, Sarah? Not too bad. A little surprised, but, you know, that's what happens. Yeah, no, I, I trust me, I was just as surprised as you are. So what we're doing here today is, is myself and Sarah going to be kind of breaking down which teams, fan bases, or what players that, uh, we're we're going to get. So the Leafs and the, the Kings kind of teamed up to make a late night trade, or at least here on the East Coast. It was a very late night trade that came just minutes after the Leafs uh, lost to the Rangers um, in, in what was a, a pretty bad performance. So it kind of made a lot of people here in Toronto very happy quickly when they found out that we were getting a, a new goaltender. So I'm going to make sure that, that I allow you to kind of speak on these guys since since you're the expert, you're the one who covers this team, and then I'll kind of do the same thing and let you know what's going on with Trevor Moore. Uh, but just real quick for those who didn't quite see the trade or, or want to know exactly what the trade is. So the Leafs are acquiring Jack Campbell, a goaltender from the Kings, along with forward Kyle Clifford, whose contract will be retained. 50% of his contract will be retained. And going the other way to the Kings is Trevor Moore, also a forward, a winger, and a 2020 third-round draft pick, which is Columbus's pick, and a 2021 conditional third round pick so the conditions have come out and the 2021 conditional pick turns into a second if one of two things happen either the Leafs have to re-sign Clifford or Jack Campbell wins six regular season games and the Leafs qualify for the playoffs if neither condition is met then the pick remains a third rounder so first and foremost from a Kings perspective what are your first thoughts of this deal and what would you give it as a letter grade my thir- my first thoughts are like disappointed but not surprised. Um, as a letter grade for the Kings per- perspective, I'd give it like a B minus C plus. I feel like the goalie market is very weird, but I feel like they probably could have gotten a little more than just a sort of you know bottom sixty kind of guy and some random picks. But the goalie market very weird, so. Not too surprised that that's all that Rob Blake got, but it feels a little underwhelming. Uh, but especially knowing that for Cal Clifford in particular, Kings fans have a lot of attachment to him. Um, and so it's a trade that's hard for a lot of Kings fans to accept because you're kind of trading away one of the heartbeats of your team, essentially. And even though I think we all knew that Clifford's time as a King was probably coming to an end. Uh, This was, I believe the last year of his contract. So he was always sort of a easy guy to ship out. Um, All because you knew it was coming to an end. Doesn't make it any easier. Uh, And Clifford and uh, Campbell is sort of one of the most reliable backup goaltenders we've had in quite some time. Um, There's always been sort of a problem in nets behind Jonathan quick. And for the first time we had a goaltender who, could play a ton of games and could shoulder a big workload and you didn't sort of cringe whenever you knew that guy was coming into play. Uh, so, um, you know, while it clears up a log jam that the Kings have in the goaltender position, it's also kind of hard because uh, he's just such a good guy uh, and has been such a sort of stabilizing presence there that um, it kind of stinks to see him go. Right, and if I'm not mistaken, Cal Peterson's a guy who's kind of been pushing for some starts uh, down in the minors and getting some spot starts up, and he's kind of going to be ready to take over as the number two role and maybe push quick uh, in the future for potentially a starting role, If I'm, is that correct? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Cal Peterson, he, the, the whole reason with the logjam is because Peterson runs out of um, waivers this, this year. This is his last season he, oh, okay. that he can be sent, sent to the AHL um, without having to clear waivers. And he is such a good goaltender that he would never pass through. He would get claimed immediately. So we all knew the Kings were going to have to do something. We all knew that Jonathan Quick is, as much as some people would like to see him be traded, he is almost impossible to trade uh so campbell was always the easiest choice uh to move out and we all know that they kind of have peterson there as the goaltender of the future so it felt inevitable um and peterson i think has been excellent on a very bad ontario rain ahl team uh, and has proved himself previously at the nhl level as someone who uh can can hang in the in the major in the nhl uh but yeah, he, he had been very patient in waiting his turn to get to come up to the NHL. And, you know, now now's his chance. Now's his chance to kind of seize it uh, for himself. And, yeah, push Jonathan Quick into hopefully more of a 1A, 1B kind of situation um, in, in the future so that he can be prepared to take over as starter when that time comes in a couple years. Well, if you ask me, this kind of works out perfectly for both sides. I think Cal Peterson gets to move up, and then one man's trash is another man's treasure. Jack Campbell coming over to the Leafs, who desperately needed a backup goaltender. Not too sure how much you've been following uh, their situation, but Michael Hutchinson has been our guy uh, all season long, and he just has not done a really good job. And then there's a potential injury to Freddie Anderson. He left the last game with a neck injury and then wasn't able to go today. So there was a lot of uneven at the goaltending position. So bringing on a guy like Jack Campbell, uh, a guy who has a pretty good pedigree and had a really good season last year. The numbers don't look quite as good this season, but what can you tell me about Jack Campbell that should make Leaf fans excited to be getting him into the mix? I think first off is that he is already used to playing behind a team that has maybe the not greatest defense in the world. Um, and I, I don't get to see it. I don't get to see a ton of Leafs games, but I just did um, uh, uh, before we talked, I did another podcast with um, Justin Moore said, it's going to be the Wednesday, the late night Wednesday edition mm. of locked on NHL. And, you know, he was pointing out that if you look at five on five play, the Leafs actually have slightly worse numbers than the Kings, which totally blew my mind. Um, And, (laughs) you know, so, so, so Jack Campbell, I think is, you know, used to playing behind a team that maybe doesn't offer him as much help as one would like to see their, their goaltender get helped uh, by. Um, He definitely is a guy who will steal games for you. And I think that, you know, from what I've seen of the Leafs situation is that they weren't getting that from their backups they you know they weren't getting it from um Hutchison or I know Cascasuo got a couple of games up there too and just you know no confidence in the goaltender making that one last save that you need him to make and Jack Campbell has won his share of games that he had no business winning that this team had no business even being competitive in and Campbell just steals it and so you know every so often he like all goaltenders will put together kind of a fluke of a performance he has been left out 
hung out to dry by the Kings uh, more times than I personally have cared to see. Uh, but he is definitely a guy who is, um, he gives it his all and he you know, is kind of beloved by his teammates. He's, you know, from a personality perspective, he's just the most humble, hardworking guy. Any interview you listen to with him is very much like, you know, he could make 50 saves and he'd be like, yeah, my teammates were really great tonight. I'm like, dude, you just had to make 50 saves. Like your teammates <laughs> weren't great tonight. Um, but I, I think he's just, he's a, he's a, he's a really just a wonderful kid. And he, um, for anyone who's not kind of familiar with the path that he took um, was originally drafted by the Dallas stars and, you know, kind of languished in their system. He had a couple good years and then just sort of went into a free fall at one point was like demoted to the ECHL and wasn't even getting to start in games there. Um, and he just completely just lost his game and was so um, lost essentially that he was trying to look desperately at like what any other goaltender was doing and was trying to like, you know, steal parts of their games to put into his game. And then nothing he was doing matched who he was, who he was like, physically athletically whatever and the 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 stars traded him for a guy who isn't even in the league anymore i think he's playing in europe now um and the kings brought him over and with the help the the help of dusty emu who was at the time their like goaltending development coach essentially like broke down campbell's game to the very basics and had to rebuild him back up and you know, it's been a really long journey for him to get to the NHL level uh, again and kind of never thought that he would get there because of how bad that he was when he was in Texas's system. Um, but really put in the work, really put in the, the dedication to fixing his game and becoming a guy who has an NHL career ahead of him. So I, I think that the Leafs are getting a really great guy who, I mean, I think he has potential to be a starter somewhere, whether that's in Toronto or somewhere else. I, I don't know. Um, but I would say that I don't think his numbers this year are necessarily indicative of who he is as a goaltender. I think it's been um, more due to the King system changing and dealing with, you know, learning Todd McClellan's system and his requirements and integrating new players and just a down year for the Kings um, that I, I don't think that, Leafs fans should look at his numbers and feel alarm uh, for them. I think that he is a better goaltender than um, necessarily the numbers are showing right now. Well, that's certainly good to hear because I also do acknowledge that there is a two-year extension that kicks in next season. So the Leafs are going to be locked up going to have Jack Campbell locked up for the next couple of years at $1.65 million. Um, and just to me, the way that the league is kind of going, I feel like you do have to have a really good tandem because it's kind of been about, you know, to use a, a term that gets used here in Toronto a lot due to the Kawhi uh, Leonard and, and Raptors fiasco that went on last year, but load management. And it seems like Fred Eric Anderson is a guy who, when he plays more than 60 games a season or he approaches the 60 game mark, he kind of starts to fade off a little bit so if we can get a guy like Jack Campbell to come in and play really well and and win some games when he's not in the lineup and maybe get Anderson some rest so that they can 
kind of rest them up for the playoffs. That is all these fans have been asking for all season long. So it's it's a really really good that you know Dubis was able to go out and uh, and acquire Jack Campbell. Uh, he he got one more player in the trade. I just want quickly want to get your thoughts on him too, Kyle Clifford. Big boy, 6'2", 210 pounds, uh, a great veteran, won two cups with the Kings. Um, what type of player should the Leafs fans be expecting in Kyle Clifford? I think that Kings fans are most sad about Clifford going, um, more so than they're sad about Campbell going, because he is really the heartbeat of this team. Uh, and he is someone who, um, I think his career high in goals was like 11 last season. And that's only really because um, Willie Desjardins just sort of played Cal Clifford at any possible moment, uh, perhaps not in roles that he was necessarily best suited for. Uh, before that, his like career high in goals was like seven. So he is much more of your kind of prototypical fourth liner who will chip in some goals um, and, you know, not afraid to drop the gloves. So for anyone out there who is like, Love hashtag it. grit love um, it <laughs> cal clifford will will he will fill that role for you guys admirably uh but more importantly he is just known as sort of the ultimate dressing room guy like he is the guy in the locker room he's the voice of you know you know he doesn't have a letter but you know, he, he, he is kind of a little bit of the heartbeat of the Los Angeles Kings. And so it's sad to see him go. He's someone who, you know, was always there as a mentor to the younger players at, you know, at practice, he was the hardest worker. Um, even last season, whenever the Kings were just so bad that like, so bad that Tyler Toffoli last year called them out in his exit interview and said like practices were pathetic. Um, Cal Clifford never let practice be pathetic for him. He was, and like in all the practices I've ever seen when I go out to LA and watch them, like just the hardest worker on the ice. And like, is he the most skilled? No. Um, but gives it like 150% every single time that he's out there. Um, I have seen him, you know, first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice will stay afterwards to work with younger players. Um, there was one memorable time where I was out there and saw them at a practice and it was a day where Clifford was scratched and Jonathan quick wasn't starting. And they did some sort of ridiculous drill where like they had to score 10 times on Jonathan quick and quick just got so mad. And Clifford was just having <laughs> such a ball with it. Like, you know, it just, just like, you know, very fun, very heart and soul. And so I think that, you know, to the extent that anyone is like, Oh, there's not enough, like, leadership or character or whatever in the Leafs locker room um Clifford is kind of kind of that guy for you uh he is sort of the he, he is the guy you want in your room to be sort of the reassuring voice to be the one to set an example for younger players uh and so I think that that move may have been as much about culture as it was we need someone to play on the fourth line um I I really do do think that and I know that um there's some familiarity with with Clifford as well with um, Cal Dubas yeah. um, knows him from when he was an agent or whatever. So he knows exactly what kind of player that that the Leafs are getting. And so I, I have seen a lot more disappointment from Kings fans over this one <laughs> just because they love uh, Cal Clifford so much as a human being, uh, let alone what he offers to a team. I totally agree with you because we're not even two weeks removed, maybe eh, maybe two and a half weeks removed from our head coach, Sheldon Keefe, calling the team immature. They had an immature game and uh, bringing in a, a solid veteran like Kyle Clifford. I think uh, certainly the leadership is a quality that they want 
It's 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 not the 10 minutes that he's going to go out there and play hockey. There, there's a lot more to him off the ice that I think is going to be uh, very valuable for the Leafs lineup. Um, so going the other way, well, I guess we might as well get into it as well. Uh, so Trevor Moore ends up going from the Leafs to the Kings. Uh, and Trevor Moore is an interesting player. I, I think... Uh, so he's still quite young, just 24 years old, but but he's a guy who really worked his way through uh the through the minors. He was he was college kid, worked through the minors, through the Marlies, uh the AHL squad and kind of worked his way up last year and ended up playing the final 25 games of the season uh and and through that audition uh, ended up making pretty much making himself a staple on the team to start this year. I think that you guys are going to like Trevor Moore. That being said, I don't know what you're expecting out of Trevor Moore because he, like you kind of mentioned earlier, he's a bottom six guy. He is a guy who can play up and down your lineup technically if need be. You know, he has the skill and the the smarts and the speed to kind of play up your lineup if need be. But realistically, I think he's more of a, a fourth or third liner. Um, so he's not going to be your your savior in, in Los Angeles. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. But... He's a he's a good player. He's relentless on the puck. He can he can go out there and he can hit a little bit. You know, not as much as as you're you're losing in Kyle Clifford, but for for a smaller guy, he is a little bit feisty. And and we were talking just before uh, we hit record, and you said the only thing I really know about him is that he's a really small guy, and he is. It's it's totally true. But he he plays a little bit bigger than than his size. Uh, as far as Trevor Moore, when it comes to, you know, the offense, it's not quite there. Um, You know, he's got five points in 27 games this year. He started off really hot, I think, and he's kind of tailed off ever since. He had an injury, and he just hasn't been the same. But there is that little bit of untapped potential, and at 24 years old, I think that maybe the Kings see something in him that uh, they like, that they think they can kind of work on and, and try and develop, and it's it's possible that he could turn out to be, you know, like a, a top nine forward at his peak. And I think from the Kings perspective, a, they have one thing that the Leafs don't have, which is time. They can, they have, they're not pushing for a Stanley cup. They're not like, Oh, our, you know, this is our year. Um, they have the time to kind of wait and see what happens with Trevor Moore. So, you know, if, if he needs a little more time to develop or if he, they want to get a look for him, look at him for a while before, you know, figuring out where he fits in. Um, they have plenty of time to do that and to let him adjust and to see what they've got with him. Uh, whereas the Leafs are like, we need to have the best lineup possible to compete for a Stanley Cup. The Kings are like, yeah, no, that's not anywhere in our, in our future. Um, and I think that one thing that has been an issue for the Kings, um, A, always, and B, especially in the past couple of seasons, is depth scoring. And so if he can turn into someone who kind of like Clifford, who can chip in a couple of goals from the bottom six, like that's great because right now we're not really getting goals from any of them. And I think that that, you know, a a younger uh, forward with sort of untapped potential is probably very intriguing to the Kings. And also, you know, I think that he has one more year on his contract after this and then you know they can move on from him or package him with someone else if they decide he's not going to work out but um, they do have the luxury of time and I think that that may be what he needs as well is to have a team that is like yeah okay you know what 
you're going to go out there and you're going to play 12 minutes tonight. Go. <laughs> um, whereas the Leafs might, you know, bench him or scratch him or whatever, um, because they have bigger goals in mind than uh, seeing what they've got from guys. And I think the draft picks, too, are a big part of this deal. And I know, you know, draft picks aren't the sexiest things for, for fans because you don't know who it is. You don't know what it could become. But, you know, with the conditions on this, it could be as high as a second rounder and a third rounder. And you could end up with some pretty solid prospects. You know, you look around the league, there's second and third round talent that are elite players all over the place. And you could still kind of hit on one of those guys. So draft picks are king, especially in an era where, you know, we're in the cap world now and you need to build through the draft. So you have a rebuilding team like L.A., I would assume that picking up as many draft picks as possible just gives them more shots at, at hitting the lottery would be something that would be intriguing for you guys. Oh, yeah. And they have drafted um, really well the past couple of seasons. Um, I think that I have a lot of questions about Rob Blake's plan and his vision and everything. And um, a lot of the, the moves that he's made, I've been a little a little iffy on. But the one thing that he has been really good at is not giving up pieces of the future um, in any, none of the trades that he's made have really included guys who I'm like, Oh man, like Jack Campbell's as close as we've gotten so far to losing someone who you thought could have played a big role for the team uh, going down the road. Um, but he hasn't been making any of those moves and he's been very good about acquiring draft picks and then using them very smartly. Um, the past two drafts have just really done a lot to stock the Kings pipeline. And that's, kind of the plan going forward as well is to continue to hoard those draft picks essentially and um, use them to rebuild the young talent, which really hasn't existed um, after they traded away so many picks and so many prospects to get those two Stanley cups. Um, it was great to get those always Stanley cups, it. but it's always it worth has left it. the team. <laughs> yeah. It's always worth it, but it has left the team in sort of dire straits of a few years in a row where you're like, did they even draft anybody? Uh, and so, <laughs> actually having actual real prospects and actual highly touted prospects. Uh, the Kings are kind of routinely rated among the top uh, organizations, pro like prospect pipelines. And so I, I'm definitely excited about the draft picks because I feel like even in a not deep draft, uh, which I feel like this year is probably from what I've heard, not going to be exceptionally great past, you know, the very early round. Um, but to have those picks and to be able to identify a talent that is a little bit, um, you know, goes overlooked by other teams, they've been pretty good at that as well. So uh, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on uh, in the next couple of years as well with those picks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to, to come and, and, and glad we were able to kind of hammer this out pretty late into the night. Right after the trade happened, I wanted to get the raw, honest thoughts uh, from you, Sarah. So I appreciate you. Yeah, kind of taking the time to do that with me tonight. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. No problem. That's uh, Sarah Avampato from Locked On Kings. All right, folks, we'll leave that conversation right there. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. All right, we will be doing our post-game uh, post recap for the Ranger game. That should be coming out a little bit later in the day. Uh, I'll be doing that with, I believe, Brandon Cameron will be joining the show to talk about that game. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.